Blog Talk Radio. Never had an openly gay player. We think there was 
we know of Sarah Tuaolo played in one Super Bowl with the Falcons um, yeah. in 99. Roy Simmons, um, Roy Roy Simmons, Simmons with, the with the Giants. And I think that was it, right? Dave Copay never – I know he never played in a Super Bowl, and I don't think anyone else did. Well, I th- I, did Roy Simmons play with the Giants or the or the Redskins? They lo- I know he lost when he played. Yeah, he was he was with the Redskins when he played in the Super Bowl. I think because he because they lost. I don't think he was with the Giants when when they when they were in the Super Bowl. Either way, either way, Roy Simmons and Sarah. I think yeah, as far as we know, because because um, uh, Jerry Smith never made it the Super Bowl, and I think that must be it. Well, anyway, uh, it you know segues into our idea that you know that the title of this podcast is the NFL Ready for a Gay Player, and we bring that up because it's been two years since, uh, was it two years, three years since Michael Sam came out, uh, February 2014, and since then, uh, no one else has followed him. Michael is no longer in football, <clears throat> and we had uh, we got a credential to the Pro Bowl for. Jeremy Brenner, our young 18-year-old writer, and I just tasked him with going up to players and asking questions about LGBT issues. In general, uh, the Pro Bowl was in Orlando, which was the site of the pulse shooting, and would they accept the gay team in? And he talked to 18 players he was able to get to. You know how these things work. You, you don't have unlimited time with people. You can get them yeah. for maybe two minutes, whatever. Much easier at the Pro Bowl since it's much more relaxed. There's a lot less media. Of the 18, uh, four did not really say anything. Um, Two had no comment, which was strange. Um, uh, One, I'm sorry, there was three didn't, and one literally did not know what LGBT meant, Darren Sproles of the Eagles. And we ran an item on it, and I listened to the audio. He doesn't know what it means. Jeremy asked him like five times, and he goes, the what now? <laughs> and then yeah. he says LGBT. Cool. And then he goes, what does that mean? And then he tells him, and he goes, oh, I don't know nothing. So it was actually, that was just pretty funny. But um, 14 of 14 players said, yeah, they'd have no problem with a gay teammate, which then had people saying, well, they're just making that up. <laughs> they're, they're real. You know, we, we've done this before at different events where we got a hold of a bunch of people at the SB Awards and the – NFLPA event um, a few years ago, and and every time it's kind of like similar themes come out. So one, yeah, some people don't know what LGBT is. I'll never forget, um, you know, my early days talking with Michael Irvin. He he was very wary of using the word gay. He thought that was offensive, and and a lot of these guys, like they're in their early to mid twenties. The, the, their entire life has revolved around a straight world and, and football, and they're just not particularly worldly. Like Travis Kelsey didn't, hadn't, hadn't heard of the Pulse shooting. Some of these guys are just so sheltered and so in their own world that LGBT, I mean, they've never heard that. They don't know what it is. Forget, uh, so, so, you know, I don't take that as anti-gay or, or homophobic. I just take it as he just—he's just in his own planet, spinning around the sun. So, I, you know. Well, I, yeah, I, and yeah, I, we didn't—we didn't say obviously that Sproles is anti-gay, just that he didn't have any comment on it. And Kelsey, who the tight end for the Chiefs, 
who said he doesn't watch, doesn't pay attention to the mainstream news. And I wanted now, Jeremy uh, didn't have a lot of time. I would have said you didn't hear of the largest mass shooting in U.S. history. But anyway, he still went on to say he would have no problem with a gay teammate. You know, uh, he'd be his brother, that kind of stuff. So even someone like Kelsey, who seemed pretty clueless about what's going on in the world, was very gay supportive. But the most interesting comment in this, and the thing that kind of to me was a signal of how things have changed is Joe Thomas, who's been in the league for 10 years. And he said every, it's a 180 from when he started in terms of acceptance and the way people talk about the issues. And so he said he thinks all 32 teams would accept a gay teammate, which then, of course, we had gay critics saying, well, he's lying. All 32 wouldn't. So, okay, maybe 30 would. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things where they're trying to jump dump on Joe Thomas because they claim that there's some locker rooms where it wouldn't work. But we keep hearing that we've probably talked to more than 100 players in the last four or five years combined. And, you know, they all pretty much say the same thing. And yet there's still people who think that these people are making this up or they're talking about it politically yeah. correct. And they don't seem to want to buy the fact that the players themselves pretty consistently have said they don't have a problem. I mean, we have a real-world example of Michael Sam with the Rams. And by all accounts, the locker room was totally fine with him. He was treated as just another teammate. There was no problems, no issues, no one tiptoed around them. They made jokes, all that stuff, and yet people still want to accept, don't want to accept that at least the players themselves, for the most part, have changed. And in Michael's case, some of the team leaders on the defensive line took him under their wing and really, I mean, he said really spent time with him and taught him about what it is to be an NFL player and taught him the schemes and taught him how to play. So th these weren't guys who just kind of tolerated the gay guy who was trying to make a roster spot. They really embraced him. So, you know, that, that really is the only example we have of an out NFL player in a locker room, and he was totally, completely accepted. And it really is... It really, it, to me, it it um, reveals the the psyche of so many gay men that they 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 refuse to believe that homophobia is on the run in the NFL. That that they refuse to believe that the year is 2017. They always say, "Oh, it's 2017. You need to get over your homophobia." Well, NFL players have gotten over their homophobia, but they haven't gotten over the perception that they're homophobic. Like gay men cling to this idea that the, the football player in, in, in high school who teased them hates them because they're gay and that person's now in the NFL and all NFL players are anti-gay. And it just, I mean, the idea that all of these NFL players have been lying to us all of these years and are actually homophobic, it just, it, it's, 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 it's laughable. It's 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 ridiculous. But you and I get attacked every time we 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 talk about how far professional sports have come, as as though we're we're trying to to create this world that doesn't exist. But I, there there literally there literally is no evidence, none, to say that NFL players are vastly homophobic. And every shred of evidence says the complete opposite. Well, and plus that since there are no openly gay players, and that raises another question, well, why not? And there are all myriad reasons for that. But we only can talk to players who are ostensibly straight. We can't interview gay players because they're not going to talk to us. 
So when Jeremy goes to the Pro Bowl, he assumes everyone he's talking to is probably by definition straight, just because that's what the default seems to be. So yet we sort of get criticized by some people for even asking them, well, it's interesting is that Thomas said things have changed in the 10 years. So what he is saying is in 2007, it was different in the Cleveland Browns locker room than what he's hearing now. And so I think that's another reflection that thing, it's a generational thing in many ways. And what's interesting is Thomas, uh, Jeremy goes up to Thomas and says, I'm Jeremy Brenner, I'm with Outsports.com. And the first thing Thomas says to him is Brad Thorson, who who is a – First thing he says, without even, he's Brad Thorson. And then he goes, do you know him? And Jeremy goes, who's he? Of course, Jeremy didn't know who he was. And he goes, oh, I thought he wrote for you guys. Maybe it's AOL he writes for. But Thomas knew about Outsports because he knew about Brad Thorson, who we have written about because Brad came out as an openly gay. He came out after his career ended, but he played with Joe Thomas at University of Wisconsin. And so Thomas knew him, and he said he was one of his best friends on the team. But it was interesting that, that Jeremy gets the word out, sports out, and boom, he's, his immediate reaction is Brad Thorson, which is then, of course, Jeremy. Now, he is only 18, and Brad came out a few years ago, so I give him some license, but Jeremy right. goes, oh, who that? <laughs> um, but to me, it's a reflection of someone being aware, someone being in tune with it because he had a gay teammate. Um, but again, things have changed. Now, we still don't have an openly gay player, and it doesn't mean things are perfect. It doesn't mean all, whatever, 1,700 NFL players are going to be accepting. A lot of it's going to be the dynamics of the locker room. But we're hearing players, especially younger players, who simply say it doesn't matter. Casey Herrod of the Chargers said, which I thought was the best quote Jeremy got, was, you can't help love who you love. And I'm not going to sort of, you know, I'll accept that. I'll embrace you for that. And I think that live and let live attitude is probably more common then like you said, it's not like they necessarily are going to go to LGBT rallies or know what it means. It's simply, you're my teammate, you're my brother, you know, whatever you do, whatever you want, you know, that's fine with me. And I think that's what the, the, the dynamic that exists, but then we have other reasons, and you can get into some of them, why there still aren't out players. Sid, are you there? Well, I don't know if we have lost Sid. I cannot hear him right now, so... <clears throat> Um, it's like impossible for us to not have technical issues. My, my phone just, just came back. My all right. phone just, <laughs> my phone just decided to hang up. It just, it just, it just hung up. Whatever. Well, I was saying, if you'd have heard me, that you know, the, the argument counter argument to me. Well, if all these people are accepting, why aren't there any gay players? And I thought I would throw it to you. Why aren't there any gay players? Well, because. Yep. <laughs> I, you know, we've been we've been around this merry-go-round a hundred times. I mean, there are so many different reasons, right? Well, the biggest is fear, and and there's the fear of the unknown because nobody's done it before, and the one guy who did do it, you know, uh, never actually made an active roster, so it's in your head that, uh, you know, that's why he didn't do it, and you know, you and I both believe that him coming out uh, hurt him in the draft, which ultimately hurt his chances of getting onto. Uh, the roster of the team that drafted him. Um, there are lots of other lots of other factors that work with Michael, but that was that was undoubtedly one of them. And and uh, and you know there there's the uh, the effect that language has in the locker room. Uh, you know it's not just hearing people use gay slurs, but the constant conversation about 
sex and sex with women that we know starts in high school and goes through college and goes into the pros and uh, and 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 you know when you when you hear reinforcement every single day you're straight you're straight you're straight you're expected to be straight you're expected to be straight talk to us about women talk about women's breasts talk to talk to us about sex with women when you hear that every single day from your teammates teammates who are naked teammates who are showering next to you that that sends you a very clear message you are you better be straight so but you know it and and unfortunately you know people take that as well if you're not straight then i'm going to hate you and reject you which you know that that that's the disconnect so i you know those are the two big reasons the fear of the unknown and just the constant reinforcement constant reinforcement with the language that you better be straight even though that's not the message that that people are intending to send that's certainly the message that gets received Oh, absolutely. And also, we have to stress that we're talking about people who are openly gay, uh, publicly gay. We have known that there are players and have been players who were known by, you know, certain teammates, for example. Like, well, Michael Sam at the University of Missouri, his whole team knew. He just wasn't out publicly. So we're talking about people who take the next step of declaring it in a public form. So it's not like every NFL player who is gay is totally in the closet. They may be out to a couple yeah. of teammates or whatever. <clears throat> but I do think a lot of it also is the, the, the there seems to be a perceived no upside to this. You know? Yeah. That if I come out, I am going to be labeled as the gay player. I'm going to be barraged with the media. And I think that's an over-exaggeration because there's clearly going to be media attention to the first player who comes out publicly, but it dies down real quickly. I mean, we're seeing that you, now. Just yeah. go. Maybe it dies on. Look, look at politics. Every outrage is two days later. It seems like people have forgotten about it for the most part. <laughs> and if a player comes out of the closet, it's not going to be a 365-day story. I still remember what Dave Copay said. He heard Bill Walsh once say, the late 49ers coach, that if. He had an opening late player. It would be a seven-day story because he wouldn't let it go past that. And the New Jersey yeah. Nets, I'm sorry, the Brooklyn Nets did the same thing with Jason Collins when he came out. They had a specific media thing for every new city that Jason was in. He had a special press conference, you know, before the game, and you got to ask all the questions. And guess what? After one cycle, there were no more questions to ask, and it was a non-story. So this idea that it would be an obsession, it would be an obsession for a very short time, and then people would move on to whatever the next thing is. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I mean, it's the, the upside is is the really interesting piece because you know we can talk about the upside that the, that that society would have. I mean, um, you know, obviously it would it would help make kids feel better about themselves and would help break down barriers. But really the upside that rings true to people is the upside I have to them. And as you and I know, the level of people's happiness after they come out, just it goes up. We, we, I, I have not spoken to an athlete at any level in any sport who's come out who didn't say, yeah, this was, this was overall a good thing for me not just for society or helping other people, but for me, that I can feel like I, I can relax. I don't have to hide anything. Uh, the, the response was so much better than I thought it was going to be. And, and I'm just, I'm happier now. I don't have to hide this piece of me anymore. So, you know, beyond the, the good that it does society and, and youth and, and for your sport and all this other stuff, 
it's just good for the person. And, and that's what we don't talk about enough. We talk about all this fear and, oh, how dare you try to pressure people to come out. And, uh, you know, you and I are labeled these all kinds of things because we try to get people to come out, uh, quote unquote. But it, it's generally for the person's good. Pe- people people are happier and better people after they come out because all the burden that's lifted off of them. Yeah, and we hear that from people who tell their coming out stories to us, that their act of writing their story is, in many ways, their final act of coming out publicly. And then the reaction they get, overwhelmingly, always positive. And it's like the best thing they've done. And so now they're sort of, that's, that's past them in their life, in a sense, and they don't have to worry about that. Yeah. But I wanted to segue into what is sort of the not good part of this. Um, and And there still is some institutional issues with the NFL we know of. There's a lot of old owners. A lot of them are still conservative. So we're not sure exactly how, you know, I think there seemed to be more of a problem, say, with the whole management, and I include scouts, coaches, all that, than anything else. We had last year a Falcons assistant coach asking players if they liked men, with the implication being, are you gay, as if that's still an issue. And uh, we wrote a piece today that we are not going to the Super Bowl for the first time in three years. We started getting credential three years ago, um, and it's for a real specific reason that the NFL did not address. Yeah, well, the uh, you know, if it, and what's crazy is I've talked to people over the last 15 months about this, I mean, over the last week about this, even on the on the gay cruise, the Atlantis cruise last week, I would talk to gay men and say, oh, you know, I'm not going to the Super Bowl this year, this is why, and they say, what happened? What? Wait, I missed that? People have already mm-hmm. forgotten 15 months ago. Voters in Houston, by a margin of 61 to 39, which is a pretty healthy margin, voted to legalize discrimination against LGBT people. The city of Houston protected LGBT people against discrimination. People put it on the ballot, and they overwhelmingly rejected it. So in the city of Houston, it is completely legal to refuse service to somebody because they're LGBT, to kick them out of your Uber because they're LGBT, to to kick them out of your inn, out of your restaurant because they're LGBT. And people have forgotten this. And when, when the voters passed it in November of 2015, we asked the NFL, are you going to move the Super Bowl? And they Im- immediately, resoundingly said, absolutely not. We're not going anywhere. And, you know, it was disappointing to us then. And we, and we said then, of course, I... <laughs> Part of part part of me regrets it now, but because the Patriots are in the Super Bowl, uh, playing in what I could be the most exciting Super Bowl, I, it could be just an awesome game. But I guess we'll talk about it in a minute. Uh, but you know we're not going, and and we have gone the last two years, but we're not going this year. And next year will be in Minneapolis, which is one of the most forward-thinking cities in the country on these issues. But it's just disappointing that you know see all these smiling faces in the NFL, and nobody's talking about the fact that it is legal in the city of Houston to discriminate against somebody simply because they're a man who loves another man. Yeah, and the NFL has not been good on this issue with HB2 in North Carolina. They have really lagged behind places like the NBA and the NCAA, which has always seemed in many ways a lot more hidebound organization. <clears throat> so there are, I mean, there, so I think in some ways the problem with the NFL still may lie in the management side because you have a lot of older, more conservative types who still think this is more of an issue than the rank-and-file players do. 
because I do think players, I mean, I just, and, and you know, having, having spoken and listened to so many, a lot of this, they're in their boat. They just don't care, right? Do what you want to do. I don't care. Show up and make plays. And I think that is the attitude that's more prevalent than among coaches who wonder about the chemistry and the distractions and all these things they throw out because coaches and scouts tend to be obsessive about the kind of stuff that players basically don't care about. Yeah. So, yeah, we are not we are not going this year, and the NFL did not cover itself with glory. Um, and, you know, one so, thing, yeah, some, some, some people have asked me, they said, because uh, I posted about it on social media today, and they said, you know, you should have gone, you know, to, to represent the community. And yet, you know, we thought about that, talked about that. It just didn't, I don't know, it just, that just didn't feel right. It, it, it felt right to, to stay away this time around. Well, especially since we we editorialized and said the game should be moved, then for us to go. Now, we would have gone had there been a a hot gay issue, if there had been a gay player or if there had been something that had happened that would have have been a newsworthy event for us to go from an LGBT sports angle. We clearly would have went there, but there was not that this year. But we did go to the Pro Bowl, and, you know, it was actually a really cool thing to Jeremy – got to interview all these players. And, you know, yeah. I think a lot of them were a little surprised that, you know, like that was the question they were being asked. But the responses were just really good, and it was a wide range of, of, of you know, responses. And you should check it out on, on the website, uh, 14 players. And so and – and these were a cross-section of players. There were young <laughs> players, guys who had been veterans, and so it, it wasn't like he hit you – know, and it was all these teams. It wasn't just one team. So. Yeah. Um, I, but I, so, I, so in a sense, go ahead. I, I want to add one other one other quick thing because you, you you hinted about it before, and I just wanted to drop this. You know, there are some guys who uh, declined to comment, and it's very easy to say, oh well, you know, that that must mean that they're anti-gay um, because you know if, if if they if they were pro-gay, then they would have no problem saying that. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago talking to trying to talk to Rob Gronkowski, and as soon as I said I want to talk to you about gay stuff, he was he said absolutely not. I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole. And it took me some coaxing to get him back and answer just a couple of questions. And he was great. And uh, you know, a year later, he went on to say some really really positive things about how, gay people and having a gay teammate. And Rob was just scared of saying the wrong thing, which a lot of guys are. They know that it's a hot topic. They they know that they're not well versed in these issues. And if they use if they use gay instead of lgbt they might be attacked for it so, so you know some of these guys are are, are very pro-gay and 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 the reason that they don't want to talk about it is they're just afraid of saying the wrong thing so you can't just say oh well the guys who refuse to speak are anti-gay yeah and the case of alex smith of the chief jeremy said it looked like he was in a rush and so he was just not going to comment on anything Bobby Wagner simply said no comment with nothing. Marquette King, the punter of the Raiders, said he doesn't follow news. He watched cartoons instead. And Darren Sproul says, I don't know anything. So we didn't take any of the four as being anti-gay. Simply they may have had their own reasons for not talking about it. But in the couple minutes we have left, let's talk about this game, Um, Patriots-Falcons. What's your vibe? Falcons are the better team. If this was if this was week seven, I'd pick the Falcons. But it's the Super Bowl, and and the fact that most of the Patriots players have been there before, some of them have been there two or or six times before, and gosh, that that really goes a long way. I remember when the um, uh, when the Falcons played that played the um, played the Broncos. The Broncos had been there the year before. 
and you know it was the Falcons' first time, and the Falcons were high flying, and 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 it just felt like when the game started, the Broncos' experience just beat them down. So, you know, I haven't figured out exactly what my score is or exactly what I'm going to pick, but it just it, uh, the Falcons are a better team. I really think that they're just relentless, but. I don't know that experience. I think and 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 that that coaching staff for the Patriots, I just think might get the best of the Falcons on Sunday. I actually think the Patriots are the better team, and especially on defense. And the stat that leaped out at me: there have been eight games featuring the top scoring offense from the regular season and the team that allowed the fewest points. And the team that allowed the fewest points is seven and one in those games. And yeah. last year was it was another example of that. I just think that in these games it things tend to tighten up, and I think it's going to be close. I mean, you know the margin of the Patriots' six Super Bowls with Brady? Yeah. I looked at three, 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 four, four. It's it's three, 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 four, four. And so I I took the – in out sports, I took the uh, Patriots 30 to 24. Um, And so I think it's probably going to be a very competitive game, but I just – I just think the defensive abilities of of the Patriots to he'll find some way Belichick will to slow it down enough, and I think the Falcons' defense is not it's not a shutdown defense. And I saw the Seahawks move the ball, and I saw the Packers move the ball, and the Packers committed a lot of dumb mistakes. But I don't th- I don't see a blowout simply because the other six haven't been blowouts. But yeah, I, I think yeah, if I had a bet, I'd bet I'd bet with the Patriots. I'll be rooting for Atlanta. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I really hope it's a good game. That's one thing about the Patriots. I don't like them. At, I was rude against them, but boy, the Super Bowls they are in are really—they're always close and exciting and competitive. So uh, I kind of see for, this being the same yeah. way. For some reason, even though I, again, I think I just think the Falcons are the better team. For some reason, I have like a thirty-eight to seventeen Patriots stomp. Finally, wow, well, putting an exclamation a- point on all, on all of these Super Bowls. Well, that would be quite a surprise, and Fox would hate that if it happened. So, uh, well, you can check back and see who was right about this, and we will talk to you next week.